Climate change is real and is happening as we speak. These changes can impose serious threats to human health and is causing more frequent and intense extreme weather events across the world. Global temperatures have risen by about one degree C and this figure is set to increase even more. At Veolia, our ambition is to achieve ecological transformation. If you want to learn more about how your business can play its part, join our panel of experts in our LinkedIn Live series. Ask the expert. Follow us and look out for the notification when we have gone live to discover our innovative solutions and how we can all turn the tide on climate change. Hello and welcome. This is uh, the second decarbonisation-focused Ask the Expert. Last week, you may remember we were talking to Heather Foster, if you didn't have a chance to hear an excellent expert speaking on the PSDS scheme. Please go back and find that in the LinkedIn feed or find it on our podcast page. More details on that to come. Today, we're going to continue the story and I'm going to talk to a colleague of mine who is also a friend and somebody who always makes me smile, David Bevan. David is our Head of Industrial, Water and Energy Professional Services here at Veolia UK. David, I've given you your title, but uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, thanks, Martin. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Dave Bevan, uh, uh, as Martin uh, introduced me. Um, so, as uh, professional services, that's kind of a bit vague, isn't it? So, what, what does it actually mean? So, um, my team, the team looks at um, both energy um, optimization and uh, water optimization. So, that's looking at different opportunities to, to try and decarbonize uh, and, and leading and helping businesses run through uh, what their net zero path should be and actually making those, those real. So that, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Excellent. So really excellent. Thank you. Yeah. So David in a nutshell, but mm-hmm. it's all decarbonization and it's all very a la mode. It's, it's a hot topic. Um, are you seeing businesses showing more interest in improving their carbon performance? What, what's the trend been like over the last few years? Well, it it is starting to grow more and more. There's still a bit of a mixed bag. The thing that kind of surprised me though this year, um, um, it is it's it's ESOS year, which is the um, Energy Savings Opportunity Scheme. So every four years, uh, large businesses have to report to um, report to the Environment Agency about what their their carbon output is, and then the opportunities to reduce that. Um, and what's really surprised me is there's there's been quite a few that I say, oh, actually, I just want to do compliance. I'm I just want to tick the box and that's it. Um, but there is also a different stream of businesses that are are starting to make those changes, starting to really think about it uh, and think about what 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 do we need to do as a business? What do we need to do to reach uh, net zero or actually try and decarbonize or actually try and hit their own targets? We're also seeing that there are a few businesses, uh, quite a few businesses that have put a target out there probably back in the 2010s, mid towards the 2020, that say, oh, I can put a target in about, until about 2030 that we'll, we'll reach net zero um, without thinking that it seems such a such a long way off. And now they're starting to get rid and thinking, well, actually, 2030 is only about seven, seven, eight years away. Um, so it's we really have to start doing something now. So there's a, it's kind of a real, real mix out there. But there is starting to be a more momentum for businesses to wanting to change. Um 
even down the supply chain, when you're looking at tenders, when you're looking at uh, to bring suppliers in, part of the, the 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 requisite there is to actually try and try and get as green a company as possible. That there are checkboxes in tenders, especially public sector tenders, tenders that say that you want to have a, a green supply chain. So it's really starting to come to the fore there. Um, I think the the problem is out there that the business is it's it's facing confusing picture really. Um, Everywhere else, there's, there's an integrator somewhere. There's no real integrator in, in decarbonisation. Um, so businesses are left to work out, try and work out what the where, the why, the how and the what really looks like. Um, and, and that's that's kind of where, where we're kind of trying to sit in as well, try, trying to take hold of that problem for them and try and say, yeah, we can frame your problem and actually then we can try to create what the solutions are as well. So like I say it's a bit of a mixed bag out there. It is, but you're the expert, and you used um, an expert word there. You said integrator. Give us an example of an integrator in another industry, then, if there is no in integrator in this one. Um, I suppose one of the um, one one that used an example in a different different business that we had. When you go and go and buy a car, you don't go into separate uh, um, showrooms and say, "Actually, I want an engine from you, tires from you." Uh, a speedo from you and a clutch plate from you um, you actually go into somewhere and say i want the whole package that gives you a, a deliverable outcome you either want um, efficiency speed drivability etc so you know what you're after in the decarbonization space there isn't that you, as a business or even as a personal uh, in your personal home as well you're left on your own to say oh do i do i need a solar panel or do i need a heat pump or do I even need to insulate? So, so you, you, you're scrabbling around trying to work out where this might be. And an integrator will actually put that all together and say, this is at, looking at your, your estate or your building as a whole. This is, this is what you need. This is, this is the pathway to actually achieve what you want to do. And so if you're, you know, what you're saying is your role is you're the integrator. Sounds like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And come in and say that. So the, 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 the stuff that signing excites the team and makes their eyes light up is that that, that vague point at the, at the beginning where you're with, with the business. So actually, they know that there's a problem there. Um, they know they have to do something, but they don't know where even to start. So the team can start to look at that and say, actually, this is what working with them. What's your desires? Where, where do you want to get to? Uh, what do you even use your energy for? Uh, uh, how do you want to use it in the future? And then take it from that starting point all the way through to the end and actually give them a, a a strategy and a pathway and say this this is how it works this is what we can do i think it's really important so i may ask you to sort of repeat some of the things but uh, there's a there's a big difference then in the marketplace there are people who are offering quick fixes you know, yes short of it and then there's the alternative the, the longer solution the violia solution i guess can you talk to that for a little bit i know you, you know I, I think it's really important to get in our minds yeah definitely so so I suppose there, there, there's a few obvious things. People, there's, there's, if you hear on the radio or, on the t or see on TV, there's now starting to be advertisements for things like heat pumps or things like solar panels. And you have firms out there that will, that will try and sell you a solar panel, whether you want one or not, or whether you need one or not, or, or a heat pump, whether, whether or not the building's suitable for it. I mean, if you're in, in a big big drafty Victorian building and you've got, uh, yeah, you've probably got very high carbon uh, and very high usage fossil fuel heating. It's not going to work if someone comes in and just throws a heat pump in because you're going to be, have high electric bills and be cold. Uh, and that's, 
that's not going to work for anyone, is it? So, so the difference is where we take it back to the very start and say, and looking from a fabric first position and say, this is, this is the kind of building that you have. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to get to? And then we try and try and work with them and say, this is the kind of solution that, that, that you have. So trying to integrate a few things. Um, so um, I, I mentioned heat pumps and solar, solar panels. So that might be part of the solution, but we'd, we'd maybe combine them. So yes, your electricity might go up, um, but there is some generation asset that you have on your roof to actually try and offset that. And also we'd look at fabric as well to say, oh, actually, what's better? Do you need three heat pumps or do you need one heat pump and a lot of wrap, uh, which is going to be the most cost effective way of doing it. So it's actually trying to take it, it's getting the best bang for your book, really trying to say, this is, this is the, this is your capital outlay and this is the target you want to achieve. How can we marry the two together to make it, to make it work for you? I suppose you'd, you'd need to be quite agnostic then, you know, you, you need to be um, impartial because you're not actually trying to sell. You're trying to tr- sell a product. You're trying to sell a solution. Absolutely, yeah. We, we're completely technology agnostic. It's um, it's the we, I, I, I don't care whether it's going to be a uh, a heat pump, uh, air source heat pump, ground source heat pump, geothermal, um, wind turbine, solar panel, solar thermal. It's it's whatever's best for the building. Uh, we're not there. We don't we don't own a uh, um, a panel manufacturing plant. We don't own uh, we don't own Mitsubishi produced like the heat pumps. We we try and we try and move everything together uh, and say this is the best package for the building. I think I fully understand the integration piece now. Mm-hmm. Although I am now tempted to call you the integrator every time I see you. <laughs> uh, I mean, if I hear that yell behind me in an office somewhere, I know where to go. It'll be me. Um, so I've got my head around it now. So, but you know, is there an example we can give of where we've successfully delivered a decarbonisation project? Yeah. So probably one, one of the most recent ones, and probably one with a few few different elements in there was uh, was work we did for a Leicestershire County Council. So over there, um, three of their estates, so their main county hall in uh, in just outside Leicester, uh, they had a um, an old uh, older biomass boiler that only fed part of the building. Um, they had lots of gas um, boilers. And um, and they wanted to obviously reduce that. So what what we did was was to remove the gas boilers um, and and, uh, and extend the biomass boiler um, and then extend it into like a heat network. So the heat network continued throughout the estate, delivering heat, low carbon heat to all these buildings that gas boilers used to fire. Um, we also integrated a large um, heat store, which um, sounds really fancy. What it is is a massive tank of water. Uh, <laughs> a huge silo of water and then so you 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 heat it up and obviously water is great for, for keeping heat and uh, so you heat it up when you're uh when, when you're not taking it and then you can pr- start to preheat the building with it so you can preheat um some of the buildings in the morning with that heat so you take the heat out of that and then then we use in excess you start to heat the water up again so it's it's kind of a buffer system uh so that's really really useful for them and also we used um uh solar panels because they the the location is on the edge of leicester it's in the it's a large electricity user itself but there's no shading and no it has lots of flat roofs there's no shading so it's ideal to be able to use it for um for solar panel uh solar pv because they're just there they are as an office they're using electricity during the day so there's there's no better 
marriage there than saying um, you use a lot of electricity, you've got a big roof, it's quite a sunny place, let's put PV on the top as well. So it's all these things working together that overall save them um, both carbon and, um, and, and the operating costs, actually. Excellent. So that agnosticism is really important um, to finding, and that's a great example there. I was really impressed by the number of solutions brought together to make a whole. And and clearly, you know, it isn't that once this was all switched on, they couldn't run the lights or turn the microwave on mm-hmm. without turning off half the, uh, the the building. It's it's finding that alternative way to achieve um, the sum that you're replacing, I guess, in terms of the electricity there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you might have to make sure that you, you can't, you have to leave leave your client in a much better position than when you found them. So everything has to run smoothly, at least as smoothly as it did before. However, it has to run in a much, much more efficient, much um, lower carbon uh, and uh, a way as possible. And so it's 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 ensuring that that because all, that this particular building has has lots of different uses and lots of different um, tenants inside them. So none of them are are sort of uh, dissatisfied with with the new solution make sure that it's that it's as warm as it used to be um it's that there's no electricity shortage that so everything actually works together so it's practical and it's efficient yes uh, it's, yeah. it's not decarbonization it's being optimizing the situation and you decarbonize yeah. at the same time it, it's that's great that's really yeah. interesting mm-hmm. um i know that it says violia on my paycheck but i am allowed to ask a question like this one <laughs> Come on then, are we walking the walk? It's all very well and good, or are we just making money? <laughs> and we are we're definitely we're starting to walk the walk. So, so uh, as you know, but for for for, for people that are, that are watching and listening, a Violia's estate is is a very mixed bag. So we have everything from um, small, um, I was going to say offices, but they're they're. Some of the small ones are more like sheds. So we have everything from small sheds all the way up to huge industrial um, uh, estates. So uh, and everything between and office buildings as well. So so we started a um, started a program of looking at our big emitters first. So those are the, the the large treatment works where we go in, have a look at what what they're using. How can they be more efficient? What can we use? Give it given a. a, a an, an options report to them uh, and rag status in them as well. So saying this is, these are the best options for you. <coughs> Excuse me. These are the best options for you. Um, and this is what could be implemented. And then we take that throughout the estate. So we go rolling throughout this year and probably next year to look at all our, all our different buildings. I mean, um, and conversely as well. So, so um, in the offices, um we we started to look at our head office in in london um so in the last few weeks we've done a big um, lighting survey there to try and make it more efficient we're looking at the um the 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 heating and cooling systems there to try and make that more efficient and that's something we're going to try and roll out in more of the offices as well especially the offices we want we can play with uh, and say this is this is almost this is what we can then show and say this is what's achievable and this is what's this is what can be like the, the, the pinnacle, the, the, the upper elements of what could be done. And then we can we can try and really show that these are the sort of things that we can work together and actually actually do things for everyone else. That's, that's really interesting. And it's, it's good that we're walking the walk and taking our own medicine. But mm-hmm. what really interested me there was you, you talked about starting from the, the, the audit, you know, seeing where the energy is being used and pinpointing and planning and diagno- diagnosing before you deliver the strategy and before you even start the tactics, you know, the tactics being solar panels. Cause I guess that's, you know, something we could quickly do, isn't it? Just give me a solar panel. 
just yeah. plug me into the sun, plug me into a wind turbine, uh, and, and away. But it, it might not be the right thing. You have to. And now I think I understand what you're saying about Leicester, the example you gave there. More, you have to start with where's the power being used? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a it's a data business at the start. So um, uh, as much data as we can get, um, we we pull that data. So looking at uh, what electricity they use, what water they use, what gas they use, and importantly, as well as the profiles, why they use it. So where's it going to? Uh, and in fact, that involves putting in more metering and submetering and clips to actually see see where it goes. That that's all part of the process because you, to be able to give an offer a complete solution, you need to know exactly why it's why something's being there because they may they may be using huge amounts of gas, but they might be using huge amount of gas for a reason. It might be a um, I take a really extreme version. It might be used for a blast furnace. Uh, you can't you can't just switch off gas from that. So you need to you need to know where 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 that power is being used and where the energy is being used and what for. Um, so it's it is like I say yeah a real data driven business. You want to you want to take in as much as you can and actually then try and work out the strategy and that as opposed to you saying just walking in and going. Yep, this is a building. It needs a solar panel, and um, that, that's you, you, that's approaching from completely the wrong end. There you go. You're net zero. I've got yeah. you in solar panels. <laughs> you own area half the side of Oxford. Yeah, yeah. Put net solar zero. panels on. There's space out there. You can plant a tree as well, and then we done by, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Now, yeah. great. I, I really understand it, and thank you for giving us that insight. Um, What's one piece of advice you'd give to businesses that are looking to decarbonize? People who are watching, listening, what's the one piece of advice you're going to give them? Um, I think initially, don't don't put it off. Uh, it, it is very complicated. It's it is it is something that it's not easy. It's something that that um, we've only in the last few years really started to seriously think about, and it's it's not easy to find where the starting point is. And the starting point is is getting that strategy, actually working out from the point of where you are today, where you want to be tomorrow. And, and that isn't an easy concept. It, it's very easy to say, I want to be net zero in 2035, 24 to 2050. But what does that actually mean? So actually starting from the taking the first step and saying, I, I know I know there's a meaty problem here. Let's try and define the problem first. Let's not jump to a solution before we can actually have the problem and before we can define the problem. And there are people... We, we do that for a lot of our clients, actually saying, let's try and work that problem with you uh, and try and work out what it is that, what is the starting point, and then we can start to go through the journey. Excellent, excellent. Now, one of the games we've played, uh, uh, and one of the things I, I enjoy in a conversation with you is decarbonisation myths. Oh, <laughs> yes. Decarbonisation myth. Um, um, which one do you want to shoot? Which um, do you want to debunk for me? I, I think I'm going to go for two that are very closely related. Uh, we're, we're living in an age now, aren't we, that, that there's so much on social media. Um, the, the armchair experts are sitting there trying to give advice. Uh, the, the two that keep coming up are decarbonisation will hurt the economy and why the hell should we do anything in the, um, in the UK when other countries are, are emitting a, a lot more than we do? So those those are kind of linked. So so first one first, decarbon uh, hurts the economy. It really doesn't. The low carb economy, low carbon economy, is creating jobs and it does creating jobs. And the glide path through is it. There's a lot more jobs being created than there are being lost through high carbon um, uh, industries. And then even even looking at your sort of micro level within businesses, a focus. It, it, a, 
a focus on decarbonisation is a focus on energy efficiency. So that re reducing your energy need is actually freeing up resources and therefore cash to invest in other areas. So it's it's actually the, the decarb in hurt the economy is not is completely false. It's actually the, the other way around. And not decarbing will start to hurt the economy because we'll be laggards. Uh, and that 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 leads on to the, the next one. So why should we focus? Why, why in the UK, little old UK, why should we do anything here when everyone else has got a, a more of a, an issue than we have? Well, well, first of all, it kind of strengthens our place in the global economy. We need to be leaders in this. We've we've seen in action let others take our place, and we've we've let this happen before in the UK with both wind power and carbon capture and storage. We came up with. The, the UK had a great innovation um, um, sort of bubbling up and then we let it slip uh, and let everyone else and go that the, the money was pulled, projects collapsed uh, and nothing happened and we let everyone else sort of overtake us. We can't let that happen. Um, we need to be a global player in this. We can export expertise by doing this. And then the other element is, is let's take this hypothetical world that, that the, um, the armchair experts are right and that there's, there's no such thing as, as climate change. Well, bizarre, but yeah, let, let's go with that for a second. If we do this and there's no such thing as climate, cha climate change, we're doing it and what do we get? We use less energy, so it's cheaper. We get cleaner air, so it's, we're, we're in a better place to live. We have better outcomes for health. Um, we have children that are, aren't growing up with, a, with, with sorry, granted, with less lung problems because we, we, they're breathing dirty air. Um, and with the whole economy is paying a lot less for its primary energy. So it, in, that, in that sort of perverse world, if, if, deep, if climate change wasn't there, there's still a whole host of benefits of why we should do something. I feel sorry for the myths. They are well and truly busted. <laughs> there's, there's a few more that I think we could, we could go on for hours. Well, <laughs> maybe. Maybe you can yeah. join us for another Ask, ask, <laughs> ask the Expert uh, mm. in a, a few months' time. But for now, David, thank you. Uh, hopefully that's given everyone watching some real food for thought. If anyone would like to get in touch and find out more about our decarbonisations, please click on the link in the comments. Our next expert episode of Ask the Expert will be taking place on Thursday, the 6th of July, when we're going to be talking about bioconversion. If you're interested in how insects could be the next big thing, make sure you tune in. Don't forget, you can listen back to all our previous episodes of Ask the Expert at violia.co.uk forward slash podcast hyphen hub. Thanks for your time, David. Thank you for everybody Thank you. who's listening. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye.